All right. All right, we are live. Uh, take it away, Mike. Um, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Goody Reader Live. We are Michael and Peter. And yeah. today we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Uh, we're going to talk, be talking things. about Kaleido 3. We will talk about Gallery 3, uh, Spectra 3100. Uh, also, a lot of new Kindle news. There's been a ton of Kindle development since you we've talked to you last. So there's all sorts of stuff. Uh, Onyx Books just announced two new devices. So uh, first of all, Peter, how are you? Yeah, yeah, another day. We got our uh, got our 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 usual suspects here with us: Stephen Prosser, Rob Hernandez from Mexico. So a lot of people are stopping by to hear what we have to report as we have a um a lot of things i've written down just stuff on my end as well that we need to go over so uh uh we will we have missed the april um edition of this because uh we had some stuff we had to do with the trade show and we were going through you know year-end financials and all that stuff so um we'll be doing two this month we'll be doing the one right now kind of uh, midway through the month to go over everything that we have experience in the e-paper world, and then we'll do one at the end of the month as well, just um, just because. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Uh, I'll just go over a couple of mine because the uh, the Amazon one is going to be a, a huge one, and I'll let you mostly take the reins on that. But um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff from Amazon. But first off, the biggest thing, at least in uh, uh, the world of Google Play, and this is it cannot be understated how massive this is. And I understand a lot of people would just say, oh, you could just root anything and put Google Play. Sure. But for the average person that doesn't know how to root stuff and doesn't know how to, you know, flash BIOS and stuff like that, BigMe has Google Play now. And that's huge because right now, BigMe is the only guys to do a 10.3-inch color device. They have five color devices. They're the only guys running 10.3 color out of anybody, Onyx doesn't do it, nobody does it. And now they have Google Play. There's only three manufacturers that have Google Play, Onyx, Boyu, MeBook, uh, and Dasung. All of these guys require you to do weird things with your device. Basically trick Google into thinking your device is something else, an HTC tablet, a Sony Xperia tablet, whatever. And then it does this thing where it's like 48 hours you can use Google Play. Bigby has figured all that out. You literally just do an over-the-air software update on their devices, uh, three of which can do Google Play right now. The other 11 will have Google Play in the future, a couple of weeks. Um, you just do an update and you have Google Play. Uh, fit and finished, run and go, that's it. It just, it works, uh, has Google Play. And that's that's massive because that means you now have 10.3 inch color, Wacom note-taking Google Play with no restrictions. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of the times, I guess people who are Android users, you know, if their phone can't use Google Play, you know, it, it's it's kind of useless. But in the in, in the e-ink world, there's very few, very precious line of devices or even just devices uh, yeah. that could actually like I don't know, 
like access Google Play, the vast majority of Android e-readers, they kind of force you to sideload in your own apps or, That's you know, right. you have to uh, sideload in an alternative app store, download ma apps manually from your browser. And I mean, there's countless, th you know, e-ink e phones that make you do that. So yeah, if you could choose between an e-note or an e-reader that has Google Play versus one that doesn't, even if it's like a brand you haven't heard of before, yeah, you're you'll probably perk up and, you know, I mean, let's face it, when you're in, if you're buying e-notes, whether you're buying it from Onyx or or Big Me or you know Remarkable or whatever, it's like you're spending between four and like eight hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars, yeah. and you know you're gonna be using that for a number of years and it's ease of use and if you could have make a decision to go with google play i mean it just makes keeping apps updated like so much easier it's so much easier and you've now gone from these weird proprietary uh chinese only app stores that everyone gives you hisense hanvon big me they always give you these weird app stores now you're just you're using google play and there's millions and millions of apps and talking google drive microsoft outlook uh, Pokemon Go, anything, like actually anything. And remember, Figme is using the absolute latest version of Android in the entire world on e-paper devices, just like Onyx, but now they now have Google Play to a level of stability that we've never seen before. So yeah, if you want to check it out, go to our YouTube channel. It's amazing. Uh, it's a, If you're interested in e-paper, which is why you're here, it's a big thing. It's not a big thing in the world, but it's a really big thing in e-ink. Yeah. Uh, what else do you got, Pete? Oh uh, yeah, uh, I got some more here. Uh, Hisense has been uh, kicking up uh, just a dust cloud of amazement. Um, we put a uh, unboxing video, and I think it uh, it it went like you know, twelve thousand views in a couple days. Uh, the Hisense High Reader has been making waves in the e-paper world. It's an all-new design, phone-looking kind of thing, and it's kind of a premium e-reader. Really nice design elements, um, and uh, they. Um, actually, you broke, uh, Mike, I think that you, they're releasing the A9, which is the um, smartphone version of it, kind of replacing the A5 and the A7 of, of yesteryear. Um, but we were a little bit disappointed because neither of them were color. And I thought that we thought that they were going to do Kaleido 3, which is usually what Hisense does. Uh, yeah, traditionally what, what Hisense does is they release an, a black and white e-ink version and then they do like a color version like a month later. So yeah. uh, the high reader is like a premium device. It's like $4.99. Yeah. So it's like it's hella expensive, but it yeah. looks really good. You know, um, you, you've done some videos on it, right? Yeah, it looks really nice. They do. They did a lot of uh, stylistic things with like engravements and uh, the speaker port looking like an equalizer. Uh, it is a little bit expensive, actually. I think it's. I don't think it's that expensive. I think it's three ninety nine, which still is. People are saying, why isn't it forty five dollars like a Kindle? And it's like, well, e readers aren't. E reader doesn't mean cheap. That's not. That's never how it's been. I mean, e readers can range from forty dollars, nineteen dollars, if you find an eBay Textra Beagle, all the way up to a thousand, depending on you know what you're buying, what what you're what you're, what kind of features you want. Uh, it is a very premium device, and yeah, like Mike said, what Hisense usually does is they do like the A5, and then they cannibalize it and do the A5C, and that's a color. And then they did the A5 Pro, and then the A5 Pro CC. And then the A7 and the A7 CC. So basically what they do is, yeah, they release a black and white. 
then they're like, okay, people like it, and here's the color version to just blow that all away. And we suspect probably not on the high reader, but probably on the A9, they're going to do a color. And it would only make sense to do Kaleido 3. Kaleido Plus is probably not going to be employed in anything being released from now on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say like if everyone will will just automatically go with Collider 3. I mean, there's been no devices yet this year that have employed True. it. Um, <laughs> there could be some devices in the pipeline that already have said, you know, we're going to use Collider 2 and they're just waiting for like mass production to like ramp up or something like that. But, you know, I have a yeah. feeling that, you know, if, if Hisense does do like Collider 3 versions of the high reader or the A9 smartphone, I don't know. You know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Yeah, it, it is very evident. I mean, they've done it three times already. <laughs> Every single time they've just they've done it. So, um, yeah, we have some coverage on that on our YouTube channel. Um, uh, I'll just do one more thing before we get into the Amazon stuff while everyone's kind of here grouped together because this it's some big news. <clears throat> TCL, uh, we received our sample of the TCL finally, and uh, to our disappointment, the TCL next paper was not the next paper, it's the next paper, but it's not. So basically, this <clears throat> game-changing e-paper alternative technology that we thought we would get just ended up being a regular tablet with a huge battery. So we have some coverage on our channel. Uh, we did a live showcase. A lot of you guys have been asking about it. No, it's not the TCL with the reflective e-paper like a Kyobo Mirasol. It's just a tablet. So if you want to check it out, it is on YouTube. It's sitting there. We'll get to a review video when um, the dust settles around all this new stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, yesterday Onyx Books just announced the Poke 4 and Poke yeah. 4S. Uh, it was at an yeah. event in China. And so we had, like, you know, as you know, we're... we're we, we talk a lot about pocketbook like on you know we do a lot of videos we do uh a lot of like reviews and stuff but they never really gave us the heads up that this was coming and they usually do um so it's just kind of weird that they never really told us about it so these could be just chinese exclusives but i have a feeling that at least one of them will be available globally so right um onyx just to give you guys a little bit of idea why mike's saying that Onyx basically has two companies. There's Onyx, which just exists in China. They have things like the Note X, the, um, the, the, the Contiki, and all these other things. Then they have Onyx Books International, and those are the ones that we see, the ones that work with the English crowd that have user manuals in multiple languages that have you know Google Play certification. Those are the ones we know, Onyx International. But the ones that they have, the Note X, the ones that like we're not allowed to even touch because we can't get them. You know, reviewing them, it would be like insert your mainland Chinese phone number. It's like we no one has that. Like there's two kind of facets. So yeah, they they, they let us know about everything. So why they didn't? It's probably because it doesn't belong to Onyx Books International. It belongs to Onyx Books mainland China is what we're thinking. Yeah, I mean, I know in the past, like with. Um... <clears throat> When they unveiled like the Mira and Mira Pro and yeah. the the Note Five and the Note Air Two, they did like a Chinese only like video like for it, if you remember. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they never did like an English video for it until like way later. But they gave us like at least a heads up that this was coming. So yeah. um, Poke Four, <clears throat> it's it's pretty well the successor of the Poke Three. Um, I guess there's 
there's a few things that the that this version has that the old one doesn't. Uh, 64 levels of like cold and warm lighting, and it has a better quad core processor, two gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of internal storage. It's running Google Android 11 and has Google Play. Uh, the 4S is pretty well the same as like um. The Poke 4, except it only has 212 PPI instead of 300 PPI, and it has less storage. So And it's cheaper. Yeah. It, so they're well, giving you uh, purchase options. Yeah, so <clears throat> I guess it's sort of like the the Poke S will be the most affordable Onyx e-reader ever if yeah. they release it internationally. And the Poke 4 will probably be on par with like what it sells for now. Um which is about like 189. So, you know, I have a feeling that is because they gave you Chinese pricing. I saw that when you did the story there. So, um, it says, as it says on that image, which is their image, the Poke 4S is only a hundred and nine dollars. That's cheap. Yeah, the Poke 4 is like 99 yuan. 999 CNY to USD is landing us at 149, 147. So, uh, both of these are going to be way cheaper than the Poke 3, and already the Poke 3 was the cheapest Onyx of all time, yeah, basically. Yeah, the Poke 3 so was 1180 yeah. yuan, so yeah. I guess that's... So the, four, the 799 4S, man, that's 115 bones. That's cheap for Google Play. Oh my gosh. And X mode? Yeah. That's crazy. It, wow. it should be a winner, but uh, as, as always, we have to sort of... Um, you know, leave it up to the review to, like, see if it's yeah. actually interesting or not. Yeah, because not everything that we get that's, like, super high spec on paper is, like, the best thing ever. I remember, like, uh, in in memory, the only thing we've gotten north of Octacore was the uh, the the EE write by Whiskey. It was a Decacore processor, just packed with specs. And it was the... It was the, it's basically just a coaster. That thing was a throwaway unit. It was awful. So like, yeah, specs on paper isn't everything, people. So uh, we, we're we going to have to leave it to the review, you know, the little table read, the Zoom calls we do and be like, this is either good or bad and we'll kind of announce it. Yeah. So why don't you, I have to do something really quick. Can you tell the people sure. about Kaleido 3 and or Gallery 3? Oh, geez, I'm nervous. Uh, yeah, so uh, we went to, uh, one of our guys went to Touch Taiwan, and um, we sent them, we had two guys on camera crew, sent them to Touch Taiwan 2022, which is in Taipei City, at the Nang Gang, sorry, pronunciation, center downtown, and uh, he gathered a lot of good stuff. So we have um, Kaleido 3 13.3-inch panels are real now. They're actually real. They were concept a while back, but now they're actually real. So you can get yourself a 13.3-inch panel. Has it, been a, uh, it, has it been applied to anything that's an actual device yet and it's tooled and packaged? No. Uh, there's some frames that I think you can buy... Uh, that <clears throat> that are just digital display kind of um, uh, biased units, but nothing you can actually pick up and like take notes or draw on or anything. Uh, there's also a couple other things. There was Spectra 3100 and Gallery 3, and I believe, actually Michael, when he gets back, he'll have more information than I do. Gallery 3, I think, is going to be employed in a lot more devices moving forward because it has, I think, a better color gamut, which means just like it's more stable, and I think I think it's better for color than 
standard Ian Kaleido is. He'll have to confirm on that. We also saw some stuff on Spectra for um, display purposes. So, like, you know, when you go to your coffee shop, uh, they'll have, like, a Spectra board. And you can get these really huge panels, 47 inches. The thing about Spectra is that it does this dithering thing. And there's only a few colors, like, you know, our, there's black, white and gray and i think there's like a color so like a, a, an orange or a red or something and it does this really spasm flashing thing in order to refresh so it's basically suited for like you know the mcdonald's menu when you go to the cashier it's not something that can refresh very quickly um but speaking of digital signage uh we are going to a uh, event here in tokyo actually me and the guys uh and a and the the ladies and gentlemen i'll say uh three of us are going into tokyo and we are going to dsj digital signage japan 2022 it will be taking place at um some messe hall gathering of sorts and uh yeah we'll be doing some videos there um and um that's going to be really nice because it's digital signage. So we, uh, I know that Lenovo and HP will be there and SES and Magatag. And um, I, I, I'm assuming a, a, a trade show called DSJ Digital Signage Japan. I'm almost, it does, they weren't on the exhibitor list, but maybe they're not there with their own booth. But E-Ink has to be there in some capacity. They, they have to be on the event floor in some physical tangible capacity uh mike i heard that you're back correct yeah okay cool uh explain to the wonderful folks here about um Kaleido 3 gallery spectra with its like refresh rate and everything um i was actually throwing it over to you because you'd probably know a little bit more about gallery than i did as you were kind of coordinating with our guy at touch taiwan and stuff so um i kind of explained spectra and Kaleido to them but why don't you explain uh, the future of gallery and its application okay well I just want to touch on Gallery 3 for a minute and just like what, yeah. what are the differences between right. uh, E8 Kaleido Plus, which we've seen over the course of the last year, uh, the whatever, like the Nova so 3 many color, concepts. like uh, yeah. all the Big oh, Me products, oh, yeah, yeah. like there, there's been a lot of devices, even like, uh, yeah, so there's been a lot of devices that have had it. It's basically yeah. like... Kaleido 1 and 2 could only display 100 ppi and that's always like kind of sucked especially for um like larger devices whereas Kaleido 3 does 150 ppi um yeah and so you're you're basically getting an extra 50 ppi extra on this device and it also uses new comfort gaze technology which is basically like a new front light system so yeah um, basically, like in the past, Kaleido 1 and 2 really, really wasn't made for front lights in mind, which is why most of the um, devices that came out never had a color temperature system. It only had a front, right. it only had a front lit display, so only white LEDs. So now uh, Kaleido 3 was made with the intention of uh, warm light as well. So you'll be able to have it. And it's actually compatible with uh, E-Ink Carta 1200 and 1250. Um, so these new screen technologies, uh, 1200 is in the new Kindle Paperwhite 11th generation and a signature edition, as well as the new Kobo e-readers that came out like last year. So, uh, the Sage and, um, so, you know, the reason why all of those are 
you know, 25% faster. And Amazon kind of mentioned that in their PR material. They're like, the new Kindle, it's like, you know, 25 to 50% faster. It's because they're using a new Carta screen. And um, yeah. Carta 1250 is pretty well for e-notes like in mine. So there's just less, you get all the benefits of Carta 1200, but uh, 1250 is the only really good thing about it is that when you're drawing on a screen with a stylus, the latency has been like lowered. So yeah, the uh, Quadernos use uh, 1250. Yeah, fast. So there's it's really there fast. really hasn't been a lot of you know aside from Amazon and Kobo, there really hasn't been a lot of companies that use 1200. For 1250, it's like Fujitsu's like and. Uh, I think the Ellipsa are like the only the ones, Ellipsa, yeah. only ones that did that. Uh, it's only, it's also compatible with on cell touch, which is old, the only company that like did this, like on a product is the Onyx Book Nova Three Color. So they're the yeah. only company that use on cell oh, touch. Man. So uh, no, uh, Nova Air C. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so okay. yeah. the basically the the you know. To give you a sense of what on cell touch does, it basically incorporates more uh, layers of the screen into one single layer. So it basically it, like incorporates the touch layer and uh, the you know the e-paper itself, itself in, yeah. in one pan in one piece of e-paper. Whereas in the past they have the touch screen layer on one piece of paper and then like the e-paper display on top of each other. And then you maybe yeah. have a glass display that cut, you know, a color layer. And then you have like all these like different layers. So I think what e-ink is kind of wanting to do is incorporate more technology into a single piece of paper, as opposed to like having multiple of them, like touch, you know, on top of each other and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you go to our YouTube channel, we actually did an extensive teardown of what it goes into a, a an e-reader. Well, I won't get onto it now, but there's, you know, you hear things like color layer, all that. There's a lot of layers in front of your eyes and the screen. Go to our YouTube channel. We actually tear off into 45 degree angles every single layer of the screen. Physically, we destroyed an e-reader in order to do it. It's a color Kaleido e-reader. And um, yeah, check it out. It's really interesting. Okay, so Gallery 3 is, you know, Gallery 1 and 2 was pretty well just used for digital signage. Yeah. Gallery 3 was developed exclusively for e-readers and e-notes like in mind. And it uses e-ink's advanced color e-paper. And this is something that's been available uh, for digital signage for like three years. If you look at our YouTube channel for ACEP or advanced color e-paper, we actually went to a few department stores that actually had you know, the first ones that actually had advanced color e-paper as signage. And the one crappy thing about it was the refresh rate. I mean, it literally yeah. it took like Aww. 60 seconds for like it for one image to transition to another. And all the screen did was like flash, flash, flash. So it's like <laughs> if you had like epilepsy yeah. or something like that, it would like trigger it. Like that's how bad it was. But I it guess E-Ink figured out how to incorporate um, like a good refresh system into advanced color e-paper, which was gallery three. So what are the big things about gallery three? Well, it can display 50,000 colors to give you a sense on Kaleido three, which is brand new color e-paper technology about 4,100 colors. So yeah, this is like taking color to like the next level. Uh, it also uses a different 
particles ink system. So it uses cyan, magenta, yellow, and white. So ah. whereas like uh, all three generations of Kaleido 3 use like uh, RGB, like lighting, like yeah. uh, for colors. And if you don't know what CYM is, it's like your printer. I'm pointing to my printer. You know, when you get those ink cartridges, it's not called uh, red and blue. It's called cyan and magenta because it's a more rich color gamut. It's, it's just, it's a lot more sophisticated than just rgb which is red green and blue so um that's why they do that okay so the only device that they made this for right now is for eight inches so chances are we'll probably see like an eight inch gallery three reader uh ian told me that they like are considering supporting more like screen sizes but i think the the thing about kaleido 3 is that it was pretty well made exclusively for large screen displays uh from 7.8 to 10.3 to 13.3 so you know will we see a max lumi color like down the road probably with like kaleido 3 whereas Wait, but given given that then when we talked about high sense earlier if they have no intentions of using this for smaller screens we might not see a Kaleido 3 Hisense, because Hisense doesn't use big screens. Yeah, so what I noticed oh. is that Kaleido 3 was primarily made for large screen devices like in mine, oh, but that's not to wow. say that maybe we'll not see it in smaller devices, yeah. whereas like 150 PPI on say like a, a 6.1 inch uh, screen or a 6.8 inch high, high reader color, Ooh. you know, that, that could be a reality, but we really don't know. But I think the, oh. the thing about Gallery 3 is that, from what I understand, there's three different, like, things that companies could pick up in terms of, like, the color refresh rate. So, Gallery 3 baseline, there's 30, like, 350 milliseconds that it takes minimum for colors to transition or page, you know, uh, page turn animations, uh, color, you know, pictures swiping or so something like that. Uh, the next step is 500 megahertz, like 500 megasecond, like a milliseconds. Okay. And then 750 to a thousand milliseconds. And that achieves the best color like thing. So I guess from what I understand is that the color won't look as rich if you want the like page turn animations and everything to like happen really fast, like 350 milliseconds, the colors wouldn't be as rich. Whereas like, if you want to go with something that's like the best colors achieved at 1500 milliseconds. So that's how, how long is that? How long is 1500 milliseconds to a second? Well, that, Milla is it's not a thousandth it's a it's a ten thousandth i don't even know yeah let's see that's what google's for 1500 milliseconds yeah that's the best color that they said that it, it'll support the widest gamut the most oh, richest okay, colors so, right so that's right a millisecond is a thousandth like a millimeter okay yeah i get it so 1.5 seconds then so that's what it'll so 1500 milliseconds is 1.5 seconds that's pretty quick given what the technology is that's fairly quick especially because the previous one like you said was what like 30 to 60 seconds and it's spazzing out trying to to create the image so it's like yeah that's a long stone's throw away from what it used to be which is great okay so gallery three will robert just got it yeah they'll support both wacom and emr 
uh, like screen, like technology. So for styluses, it'll also support the new, the comfort gaze technology that Kaleido 3 supported. So, uh, you know, better color temperature, better front light display. Now here's the thing. Gallery 3 is not compatible with on-cell touch. It's not compatible with like any of the Carta technologies. So Carta oh. 1200, 1250, it's not compatible with all, cause it's using like a totally different like waveform controller. Um, and it's not using a color filter array. So, um, it's basically like everything's in the e-paper like itself. So all the colors are sort of built into the e-paper. So it's sort of like one panel that has it all. Whereas with Kaleido three, it's like still, it's like a color filter array. So, um, there's no way that you can turn color off. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so far, if you guys are unsure, there's basically no way to cut e-paper, uh, e-ink, I should say, currently has no viable product that you can actually turn the color off. The Poke 2 color had a little bit of a software glitch where you could reduce 95% of the color. No e-paper, no e-ink, sorry, can turn color off. Uh, some e-paper technology like Weifeng's uh, DES slurry can turn color off, but currently it's not being applied to anything. So right now, yeah, you just if something's color, you're really going to get that kind of grayish background. It's just, it just comes with the territory currently. All right. So suffice to say, Peter, that the vast majority of e-readers e and e-notes are running Android, right? Pretty much. And yep. only a few of them have Google Play. Uh Boyu or the company formerly known as Boyu, I like Prince, yeah. the man formerly known as Prince, where he's like the symbol. <laughs> uh Onyx Spokes yeah. and Big Me. There's uh yeah. Dasung has it as well. But you know, yeah. th those are the outliers. And so we've had news that Google has mandated that everybody use their new billing system. By uh, yeah, this is Amazon news people, by the way. And but this this is also other news as well. So it is. Um, Google you know, basically for about the last ten years, Google's had their own billing system, but you know it basically left it up to developers whether they want to use it or whether they want to use their own billing system in their own apps, which is basically what everybody did. And then uh, because of the epic lawsuit against Apple. And then Google was a part of that too. Google kind of made a decision to like, you know, listen, we've had a lazy fair policy for like too long. I think it's time that we start implementing our own billing system. So they're kind of forcing everybody now to use their own billing system. And if you aren't using their new billing system, they're going to delist your app by June. So if you have like an app with like, a hundred million downloads or 50 million downloads and everybody uses your app um, and they don't like switch to Google Play's new billing system, they're gonna be delisted from Google. So that sucks. So basically this has had a reverberating effect on e, e like e-reading apps. Um, Barnes and Noble disabled all in-app purchases on their Nook app for Android. So they, basically have turned their Android app into like a pure consumer app in order to buy books and or audiobooks from Barnes and Noble. You got to go to their website in your internet browser on your mobile phone or tablet or, you know, on your computer and then, you know, buy purchases and then everything will sync to like your app. 
uh, Amazon-owned Audible also disabled in-app purchases. Um, you know, you can't buy audiobooks within the Android app anymore. And most recently, Amazon disabled all in-app like transactions, so you can't buy eBooks within the Amazon app for Google Play. Now, those are three of the largest companies involved in audiobooks, eBooks, and uh, you know other forms of like digital content. Now, yeah. I reached out to Kobo to see if they'll follow suit, and they said no. They said we're willing to take a loss. Um, so basically, Google's charging 30% for each in-app transaction. And that's why everybody is like, you know, obviously there's no profit margins to be made if you have to pay Google 30% of each ebook sold, each audiobook sold, each magazine sold. I mean, that's going to kill the profit margin. And, and Kobo was like, we're willing to eat the loss on Android because like, you know, our Android users are like just a small percentage of like our overall users. More and more people use like iOS, like for Kobo, which also you can't buy books through iOS as well. But most, a lot of Kobo's like users are e-readers. They have e-readers. Like, so that's, that's their lion's share. So they're like, while everybody else is like disabling in-app transactions, we're going to keep it around for the foreseeable future. What is, what exactly does that mean? We don't know, but you know, we've, so th there's a few things that you could do as a workaround. First of all, install the Amazon App Store and download the Kindle app from the Amazon App Store. Uh, the reason mm. the reason being is because Amazon, for their own App Store, handles all the billing and they handle yeah. the content delivery. So there's nothing that even though they your smartphone or your tablet or your e-ink e-reader has Google Play on it. All you have to do is just like, just, you know, kill the app, like the, the Kindle app that you have, install the Amazon version, and you'll still have access to all of your eBooks that you've purchased, like in the past, because like Amazon handles all the content delivery. Yeah. So you're not losing anything. You're just going through a new billing system, which is like Amazon. So wasn't that scary though, man, for like 24 hours. Remember we heard that news and like you did a video on it and then we're like, oh my God. That's it. Like all these guys, like Moby Scribe, like all like Fujitsu, like all these guys that had, you know, the ability to like sideload Kindle and then access Amazon through the Kindle. We're like, oh no, we can't do it anymore. Everyone across the globe with like Android e-readers can't download Kindle. But then like we soon found the workaround that if you get the Amazon app and then get Kindle and then get Audible, it's like, oh, foof. Now we can get back to normal. That, that was that was kind of crazy though. Yeah. So uh, that there's funny. that work around for Android like enabled yeah. products. Um, also, you know, you can just you can get a Kindle e-reader. I mean, um, you know, as your next <laughs> That's e -reader. what everyone said. Because yeah. it's like everyone you know, everyone, everyone, you know, Amazon handles everything. It's like even like Nook. You like you could still get a Nook e-reader and like buy everything through the Nook e-reader. I mean, that's yeah. that's the big advantage with like handheld e-readers now, as opposed to like having a smartphone and reading the Kindle app on your smartphone, which isn't going to be a reality anymore. Not a, you know, I would say the people who are in this chat and, and watching this show or listening yeah. to this show on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., where this will eventually yeah. go. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the the vast majority of users will say, 
why can't I buy ebooks in the Kindle app anymore? Yeah. And then yeah. they'll, you know, chances are they won't know enough to install Amazon App Store or to buy a Kindle e-reader. They'll be like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to buy a device just to read books. You know, right. I'll just like, you know, read everything in my web browser instead now or something like that, you know? So yeah, I will get a lot of abandonment over that because there was like images where it said on the app, it says, why can't I read this book or why can't I use this or, you know, absorb this content? And uh, it was because of this most recent news is like they're kind of cutting it because of the whole Google thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel bad for the average user that like it's true, you know, and uh, you know what? For the first 24 hours, we were the average user. We were just like. Yeah, there's no way out of this. For like two days, we were like, that's it. It's that. What can we do? Oh, no, let me download. Like, no, it is what it is. And then we found that workaround, which isn't even for sure going to be around forever. That could change as well. That works now. As of the date of that tech upload that our, our staff found, like, that works now. But it might not be a permanent fix. You know what I mean? We don't know. I mean, I can't even install the Amazon App Store in Canada. That's oh yeah no that's right it's country specific too, so that's also a thing is that it's not guaranteed like if you have a Hisense phone an A7CC and you were using the Amazon app or the Kindle app and then you're like okay maybe I live in New Zealand maybe I can't download it from this that or the other or whatever the case may be there's a ton of variables that may prevent you from even fixing the issue. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, specific countries oh. like it sucks because you can't even download the Amazon app store. So it's like, yeah. what's everyone in Canada going to do? I mean, you know, we have like what, like 56 million people that live in Canada. I mean, it's no 40. Yeah. I mean, it's no small yeah. population of like users to be cut off. So what's everyone going to do? Like switch the, the Kobo, you know, or, or is Kobo going to get all of Amazon's users for Android that want to buy new books? I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it could happen. I mean, it just luckily, Kobo's not really doing a, a, they're not doing a PR campaign about it. You know, we're the only game left in town. You know, it's like, yeah. and that's what I would be doing. I'd be doing YouTube videos. I'd be doing TikTok, like sponsored <laughs> stuff. I'd be like doing like YouTube, like advertising about like, you know, everyone else is abandoning Android, but we're not, you know, it's like, yeah. this is such a money opportunity for Kobo that like, they're not actually doing. And this kind of leads me to like, not a conspiracy theory. Cause I'm not a cons like conspiracy theorist, like. But what I like, I, I'm a child of history. So I, I like history. I like watching a lot of history videos like on YouTube, like, you know, the evolution of the, the Roman like phalanx like maneuver. How did they get to like, you know, the tortoise like shield with like spears or short swords that they did through. I like looking at like history. Like I just kind of found out that before the Arctic got frozen, like 50 million years ago, it was actually like a tropical rainforest. And they only found that out by like digging a hole super, super deep and like finding all these trees like beneath the ice. And it's like, you know, that's kind of cool, you know? Um, but so to, to tie this all into like Amazon, Apple, Google. So around 2011, Apple was in the same policy as Google was like during the last like 10 years where Apple was like, you know, laissez-faire policy. Like our app store is really new. We want to populate it with apps. 
you know, we, we, you know, use your own billing system and whatnot. And then around 2011, they were like, yo, we're going to force everyone to use our own, like, um, billing platform. So all in app transactions will be done through Apple and uh, we're going to take a 30% cut. And, you know, just like Android, Amazon exited, Kobo exited, Barnes Noble exited, everybody that sold eBooks through the platform, basically fled it and they turn their apps into just reading app only, you know, same thing. You go use Safari, you visit like amazon.com, you buy books. It syncs with your Kindle app for iOS. You read, you know, it's, it's, that's what people did, you know? And, um, what ended up happening was that Apple soon after that launched iBooks or Apple books now. They're the only ones pretty well on iOS that sell books and audiobooks through the app. Do you really think that Apple takes a 30% cut out of like their own transactions? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I bet my bottom dollar that they do not take a 30% cut of their own transactions, which means they pay 0% like they sell book like books and audiobooks through their Apple Books app, and they pay 0% commission. Everyone else pays 30%. Google's in the same boat now. They have their Google like eBooks platform where they sell audiobooks and books. Everyone's fleeing like Google's 30% mandated tax. Do you think Google charges mm -hmm. themselves 30% on all tr like eBooks and audiobooks? Mm -hmm. Bet my bomb dollar they do not. So yeah. basically, the platform... <clears throat> is basically kicking everybody off because they're making it financially unviable to actually sell content and pay a 30% royalty. Yeah. And then they're the only game left in town that will sell audiobooks and ebooks. So like Apple yeah. Books was never the number one ebook and audiobook retailer anywhere, like in any country in the world, but they soon came to be. Google generally number eight or nine out of the top 10 in terms of like ebook, like sales in the US. And now after this, I bet they're going to be like top three because mm. they're just, they make it too easy to buy and read directly within the app. Just like iBooks being able to buy and read like content directly through the app. So that, that's, that's sort of my rant, but I, I, there's a method to like, you know, implementing 30%. You kick off all your competitors and then you dominate the platform. Monetarily, it does make sense. That's what it I, really does. If, if I, was it, I mean, and that's not like a wild conspiracy theorist, like, oh, you know, there's people on the moon that throw the stars out into the galaxy that we look at. And like, no, this is a valid, this is a valid thought. The right? earth, is, the earth is flat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of human history is gone because of a bunch of people on tiktok in the past like you know 16 months yeah no for sure it is possible yeah and it is causing a little bit of a stir for the people that have like android devices that want to consume kindle that have like all their stuff tied up in kindle that you know it's just it's becoming harder and harder to, to deal you know and like there's fewer players and um yeah it's tough it's unfortunate what's uh, been going on yeah and i mean but we're trying our best to find little you know, workarounds for you guys, solutions, alternatives, things like that. I mean, that's our industry. I mean, right? what other operating systems are there? That the mobile operating systems, you have iOS and Android for the most part. Yeah, and you have 
And then you have other things that are just based on those. You're like, oh, my super note is Chauvet. It's like, that's Android. My Huawei is Harmony. That's It's just it's just Android. Yeah, it's like, just, it's just there's the only two. Yeah. And anything else you say, like, oh, I use a Linux uh, 3.1 uh, 5T uh, H class. And it's like, dude, you don't count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Linux users don't no, count. Technically, technically, it's more stable and more functional. Like, no, you, you quiet. Uh, there's Apple <laughs> and there's Android. Those are the only ones. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, As man. we're gonna get, yeah, it's true. We're gonna make from all the uh, like, um, we're making a lot of thumbs down from like the oh, yeah. uh, the oh, Linux dude. crowd on this video. But luckily, you can you can you can see the, like the number of downvotes anymore. So downvote to like your heart's content. No one's gonna see them. Oh, so you might as funny. well give you, all the dislikes. You might as well give us an upvote instead. Give us an update. Um, oh man! Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a poll right now on the chat and see what people think. iOS, Android, or Linux? Let's see where we're going here. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, the Kindle and Kobo e-readers use Linux, but yeah, but I know, people I know. aren't running like Linux on their phones or tablets. Is like really what we're getting at. Um, right. You know, there's only a few phones that I've ever seen like ever reviewed that actually have like Linux installed on them and no one's reading yeah. no one's like reading ebooks like on them you know they're just like whatever uh in any case um Amazon will support EPUB in uh tw by 2022 but they actually support EPUB now but there's like a lot of problems with it so um basically send a Kindle is like a popular way that people send uh, books, documents, PDF files uh, to your Kindle. It's like um, there's programs for like Mac and for Android. There's like Chrome extensions. Uh, there's like software that you can install that basically will allow you to log into your like Amazon account and then send stuff like to your kindle um you know so say you you download a bunch of like books from project gutenberg in epub or you download some pirate books i mean like people do that um and you know you could only get it in epub and so you in the past you've had to like open up caliber or learn how to use caliber which is like an ebook conversion tool it's pretty well like the best one out there and you can convert a book from like epub to like an amazon supported format and then sideload that onto your kindle or you send a kindle and send that you know amazon file to yeah. that so what at what what send a kindle is doing with epubs is that it is converting the epub to kindle format 8 or AZW3, and they're not going to support like EPUB natively on the Kindle e-readers. They're basically, when you send a Kindle and send an EPUB, it will convert that EPUB behind the scenes to Ooh. Amazon's new format. Uh, but they also will be discontinuing the format of Mobi and AZW. So EPUB goes in, two old formats go out. It's just basically like... <laughs> Mobi and AZW do not support like a lot of like rich formatting and stuff like that. So, 
that's why like when you sideload in Moby books or PRC books or AZW books that you download online, there's always like weird formatting errors and stuff like that because like yeah, it, it doesn't really support <laughs> the newest Amazon fonts and things like that. Um, so that's pretty well the issue. And what I've heard right now from like a lot of users or is that Senate Kindle is supporting EPUB now. But there's all all these like formatting errors right now, which I think Amazon is is fixing. It has to do with like like there's like these like ISO type things when it comes to like books. I'm not too familiar on it because like I'm not in the book publishing world. Um, well, dumb it down for the the crowd and ourselves if you could. There's a standard that currently is not being upheld. There's some sort of overall formatting standard not being implemented that's kind of making everything weird yeah it's basically like um ebooks are encoded like differently so you may all epub books are not the same some are like encoded using like different formats um and one of the formats that the just the name escapes me right now because I, I haven't written about it yet because it's not really it's too techy. Uh, but yeah, one of the formats that it, that publishers use to actually make the EPUB, there's some errors in that that are, are creating format errors. But there's no. really, for the average user right now, there's really no way to know how your book's been encoded. It's just like the luck of the draw. Uh, from what I've heard in, in late 2022, Amazon will officially support it, although it is working now, but it's it's hit or miss whether your EPUB, when you're reading it, will be just one giant paragraph under like another with no <laughs> formatting, yeah. you know, or it's just like one giant run on sentence, you know, so yeah. that's, that's the thing with that. So uh, we actually got a lot of press when we broke this story. Um, like the verge ian gadget the new york times like like everybody like linked to like our site for that i think we got like over like 500 publications that like linked to that story which was kind of yeah cool. that was a that was a good find very very uh very well sleuthed there you and your team good work <clears throat> uh yeah so here here's like um like a not 100% sure type of thing, but we kind of speculated maybe about March um, when we did a post called, what is Amazon's plans for the Kindle in 2022? Uh, and one of yeah. the things that I speculated was that likely the Kindle Oasis will be discontinued because it's basically the same screen size as the new generation Paperwhites, 6.8 yeah. inches. The only thing that the Oasis has is like, page turn keys and it has you know it's, it's old right so i was like you know amazon should make an e-note and it would make sense since then a number of like amazon people actually have talked to me and said like listen there's something to your story here but they never told me what what it was in my story um and then i was like well the only thing i really kind of speculated was like oasis discontinued and Amazon making an e-note. And then the more I thought about it, it was like, you know, Kobo made an e-note in 2021. And they're the yeah. number global number two ebook retailer in the world. Will, how long will Amazon take 
I mean, let's face it. Like, E-Notes, like, been around since, like, the Sony digital paper. How long ago, yeah. Peter, was that? Like, six 2013. years? 2013. So no, way more. How many years ago? Well, that's 7 to 20, and then 2, so 9. Okay, so E-Notes have been around <laughs> for, like, 9 years. And, you know, since then, Remarkables come to the table. Onyx books have come to the table. Uh, like, Big Me, Fujitsu. Uh, Countless players. I, everyone. iReader, Hanvon, ha iFlyTech, uh, Freno, King. Just so many. So many players. Yeah. I, Tons. Yeah, there's been... There's there's more e-notes than there are e-readers released on like a, like a, a yearly yes. basis. Correct. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Big Me doesn't even have an e-reader. They have 14 e-notes and not one e-reader. Uh, the pocket notes. <laughs> Jeez. That's an that's an e note, is it? Same with yeah, same with the Goyu T1. They're both seven inch e notes. Big Me has no e readers, and they're doing just fine. Even companies that have never done e notes, like iReader, have three e notes now, and they they uh, white label their stuff out to other people. Hanvon has the Smart Office, the new N1 or whatever the heck it's called. Tons of players are getting into e notes. It's insane. Dasung. Uh, took the old Sony shells and they have uh, e-notes. Uh, Fujitsu's got two gens of e-notes. It's insane, man. It's, it's. You're right. It's faster than e-readers. Everyone has e-notes now. Yeah. So, Amazon recently conducted an internal survey amongst hardcore Kindle users. They actually came to um, uh, Seattle to do it, and one of the things that they talked about was names. For like a perspective Kindle with no taking functionality. The two that they pitched were the Kindle Passage and the Kindle Scribe. So, you know, those were the, the I guess Amazon is sort of like hemming and hawing between the two names. Um, a passage would make sense. Highlighting a passage of text. You know, uh, Kindle Scribe, I think more sums up on like what it's done like a scribe uh, everybody knows that like you know a scribe like it is someone that like takes notes who 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 puts like a a raven feather to like a piece of like old like parchment you know what i mean there there's there's modern day scribes like people that are like typing on a typewriter and and you know doing like court cases and stuff like that so I have a feeling that to release a compelling product, it probably will be around 10.3 inches because everybody else in like the industry does 10.3 inches. Fujitsu Quadrino A5, 10.3. Sony Digital Paper, like A5. Um, Remarkable 2, Supernote A5X, Kobo Ellipsa, Onyx Book Note Air 2, Note 5, you know, Carve Color, Big Me. B1 Max Plus Color, Bokeen Notia, they're all 10.3 inches. There, there's other, but there's other devices that are smaller than that. But if you intend on taking advantage of Amazon's own ecosystem, which sell digital textbooks, they probably will not look good on a 7.8 or a 6-inch note taker. It will look damn good on a 10.3, though. And Amazon will probably sell more textbooks because students, like, will buy this. People who are, like, business professionals will be like, yo, I want something with good templates. Amazon can provide that. I mean, yeah. so 
Amazon like will probably make money in two ways by consumers wanting a larger screen device, like to fit more text on the screen. Um, undoubtedly it'll support the Kindle bookstore, Kindle Unlimited, Audible, audiobooks, Amazon Kids Plus, and uh, don't forget, Amazon recently incorporated all of Comixology's comics into like their own Kindle bookstore. And Comixology comics will look good on a 10.3 inch screen. So there's like all this digital content that is almost like tailored to large screen displays. And yeah, I'm not true. even counting magazines newspapers yeah you know yeah. um it's true countless like everything even just ebooks will look good uh and fit more text so it's like you know for me i'm getting older i need to wear glasses and on like a large screen 10.3 inch e-reader just turn the fonts up a little bit more and i could just read it just fine boom so yep. and uh, you know a lot of the people that already have amazon they have all their stuff in amazon they have all their content they're just going to be able to just transition over buy new hardware spend more money and get all their stuff synced to it with all these new bells and whistles and subscription services and other ways for them to make money it's going to be a great move and uh, as we've seen literally with every single thing amazon has ever done in terms of e-readers they've never paved the way they weren't even the first to make an e-reader. They weren't the first with audio. They weren't the first with glow light. They kind of sit back and they're like, oh, yeah, that's working. A generation later, they're like, let's do it. And they do it better. They're like, oh, wow, Barnes & Noble's doing glow lighting. Okay, it works. Okay, let's do it. So they're kind of just, they, they, they don't pave the way, Amazon. They do stuff and they do stuff well, but based off of what they kind of visualize and scout out in the industry, and they pick and choose what kind of things they should do. But man, people have been harking over a large screen Kindle since the DX was released, discontinued, released, discontinued, and finally released again for the final time. There's such a dedicated following to the DX. People are buying replacement batteries and circuit boards on eBay just to keep their DX alive because it's the largest Kindle you could possibly buy ever. So a large screen e-paper, not fire tablet Kindle, would be amazing. Hey, yeah, I mean... Amazon does have some infrastructure in place to take advantage of a stylus interacting with oh, yeah. stuff as opposed to your finger. Um, yeah. Highlights. Um, long pressing on a word and looking it up in Wikipedia or um, yeah. the, the, the dictionary. Um, sharing a passage via social media. Uh, looking at public highlights. What are other people highlighting in the book that I'm reading? Um x-ray you know clicking on like a like a person's like name and then seeing like how many times they're referenced in the book all of these were sort of made with like light presses long pressing selecting a body of text finger interactions in mind a stylus is a great replacement for finger interactions yeah and so with amazon's existing infrastructure for the kindle they could really just change you know, they could have, still have finger interactions, but they could also have stylus interactions like as well to make all the, to, to, to make, uh, taking notes on a specific body of text. Cause like right now, in order to take a note, you have to highlight something, a keyboard pops yeah. up. Doo -doo -doo -doo. If you have like an older Kindle, like the refresh rate isn't great. Sometimes like you click A and you hold down A and it's like, why is the A showing up? And then five A's show like at once, you know? So, I mean, you know, there's 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 things that the Kindle could do 
that uh, having a stylus would be a no-brainer. So They have to do Wacom. That's just something they're going to have to do because one of the biggest downfalls with the, the new line of the Kobos with the Ellipsa and the Sage was that you needed this dedicated pen with a quadruple A battery and dedicated tips, and it just made the whole thing just... A, a little bit of a pain to use and you know we're 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 we we overanalyze things here because we kind of have to nitpick at things and that's some of the big drawbacks of things like the tcl with the terrible pen and the huawei with that just pen that needs to charge and connect and bluetooth and you know uh, the the goyu which is great but it needs that battery powered pen like all these things is it really gets held back and it's it's a group consensus that Wacom should be the way to go. It's cheaper, it's better, it's higher quality, it's easier to replace. There might be some things in the back end that require more licensing by these companies to do, but Wacom enabled pens or the standard EMR is way better than active capacitive in every conceivable metric. It is better. Longevity, ease of use, cost of operation, it's just better. So I think if Amazon had deep pockets and they're doing their thing, which is evident of them just sitting back and watching, they should take note of what, haha, <laughs> pun intended, of what Kobo did and move on to something a little bit more, uh, you know, customizable and cross-compatible with Mitsubishi pens and Lamy pens and Stadler pens and Pilot pens. Just open up their world. Having dedicated capacitive with a battery in the back that you got to go to london drugs you're like they don't have any quadruple a's they have triple a's it won't fit like that's just not a good way to inspire confidence in your products by having this like proprietary stuff okay i hear you but yeah. knowing amazon they're not gonna do a license with Wacom. i know i know they're gonna they're do not, they're, they're, they're gonna, gonna amazon pen you know they'll damn it they'll, they <laughs> might do like and I, I think this is what i wish kobo did is have like a like their stock pen that they that they give away with the lipsa and the case and stuff yeah. and offer more premium digital stationery and i think like yeah, amazon probably right. won't do premium digital stationery um other than an optional case they're not going to do what remarkable did and like offer like five cases or do what remarkable did and like here's two different styluses that you can choose a premium one that supports tilt control or like a basic one you know yeah. um I think Amazon will probably not pay a Wacom license because they're cheap as hell. Uh, they'll probably just like do their own proprietary pen. So you have to buy a Kindle pen or a scribe. It's going to be the Kindle pencil. It's going to be $120. Yeah. Watch. You know, uh, you know, ch chances are they'll have their own proprietary pen and they'll have, they they, they'll probably make a few different cases for it. But the thing with cases is that everyone will come out of the woodwork and have, you know, non-official cases i mean like you just like go on amazon and look for paperweight you know your, your like, computer will crash yeah paperweight 11 generation case it's like most of them aren't made by amazon they're just like made by like hundred hundreds like, of hundreds yeah. of companies it's so many third parties make cases for kindles it's it's insanity how yeah. many how many choices there are and i mean if amazon were to support wacom uh, you, you, how many people are going to be like, I'm trying to work, get a Stadler pen and it's not working on my Kindle. It's like, the, right? you know, the Kindle yeah. agents won't be trained on that. They'll be trained with like the, the official Kindle pen, you know? And so that's true. You know, yeah, that's, that's a different way of looking at it for sure. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's easier. Like, huh. you know, I mean, Amazon's retail footprint is rather small right now. Um, so 
you know, they do sell like Kindles and, and stuff at Whole Foods, but I, you know, they're not going to like market a digital note-taking device at Whole Foods. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and people, pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. It's like people, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just have a more of a feeling that like Amazon will do an Apple. It's like control end to end. Like this is the stylus that we made. This is the case that we made. Nothing else will work. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, if true. you want an it's iPad true. and to draw, you're going to have to get the Apple Pencil 2 or Apple Pencil 1 if you have an older device. It's I know you could use. I mean, look how long it took them to even do EPUB forever. They're probably they were they're finally like, ah, oh, dang it. Fine. We'll do it after like decades. It's like, OK, so, yeah, there's no way they're going to make Wacom. They're going to start with their own uh, Amazon Scribble or whatever they'll call it. It'll be like a separate purchasable good. And it's going to be $120. And the tips are going to be those weird conical, gigantic plastic things you take off. And they'll be $49 for replacements. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that does sound like more in line with what they're going to do. All right. To, um, you know, I think we've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I've been doing polls. Uh, I've been monitoring chat. And uh, yeah, 57% uh, of people said they think Amazon making an e-note is a good idea. And 5% of people uh, said they hate it. So looks like a win. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, it's like some people buy e-notes and never use the note taking thing they just like it's true use they the large the they want yeah they want the large screen you know um for me i'm not a huge note taker the only time i really use an e-note is to like literally like sign paperwork like paperwork like but print. isn't that handy yeah you access your email so to pull, sign this boom exactly send back you don't have to print it yeah because yeah, it's like Traditionally, I'll if I have to sign multiple things in a PDF document, you know, you have to sign your initials here, 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 do a signature. I like drawing a signature with a stylus rather than like Adobe Acrobat and like spell, spelling out my name and they just like generate yeah. like your signature. That's not even legally your signature because I know you and your signature looks nothing like your name. It doesn't even have your name in it. Yeah. You're just like, duh, 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 duh. so yeah. It looks like a like doctor's a signature. signature, you know? That's right. Yeah. It's like you could get the M. And like the trailing I and, and everything else is, doesn't matter. Yeah, the yeah, rest doesn't exactly. matter. You just need the first letter and the last letter. Um, before we wrap things up, uh, tell the people your thoughts on the Huawei MatePad. It's a really nice, the, the reader itself has to be separated from the pen because the pen's a whole nother can of worms. I've talked about it a lot, but I'll, I'll do it again. Uh, uh, summarized. Uh, the, the device itself is great. I know a lot of people have their concerns over monitoring and everything, but if you have location services on your phone and you have Google, you're being monitored. So if you don't want to be monitored, don't be part of normal society with technology because you're always going to be monitored. Anyways, Huawei, it was it was beautifully built. Uh, best, best looking 10.3 inch on the market, hands down. Materials are top notch. The leather's great. As you hold it, Everywhere you touch on it, it's like, wow, this is so natural. I'm, it's like I'm holding a, le a ledger of some sort. The pen itself is awesome, but then everything surrounding the pen is so terrible. You have to connect it. You have to snap it to the side. Do, do, do. Oh, click connect. Click find. Click that. And you have to have Bluetooth running 24-7 on your device to even use it. The pen itself is expensive. It's over $100. The tips aren't forever. You have to replace them. There's no tilt function on the pen where the actual tips move. It doesn't actually tilt. It just feels like you're tapping on a window with a like a popsicle stick. It's not very good. The device itself is great. The pen, they missed the mark. 
completely missed the mark. It's such a hassle to use. And it's just, you know, it's like what people say, like, you know, all these uh, Wacom is best. It, it's the best. I'm it's not me saying it. It's the truth. If I lose my wake uh, my Huawei M pen, you're screwed. You got to go on Amazon and buy a hundred and twenty dollar pen. Get that shipped to you to use it on that device. Oh, it's out of batteries. You got to charge it. Mm -hmm. Wacom dime a dozen tips, high quality, different styles, 20 different pens you can choose from. It's just such a better idea. And if the if the Huawei had Wacom, holy moly, that would be a force. The thing is brimming with specs. It has every bell and whistle. It's as distraction-free as you'd want to make it, or it's as loaded as you want to make it. It's so good. It's such a good device. That pen just sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the one thing going against the Mate Pad is retail visibility. It's not. Too. It's not officially for sale in Canada or the U.S. It's only officially sold in some countries in Europe and China. Although it has yeah. English and it has support for like different yeah. languages, so I mean, it is really relevant if you can get your hands on it. I mean, we sell it in our Goodie Reader store, but I mean, you know, it's more expensive to buy it through us for this product than it is to like buy it directly from China. If you could actually even do that, which they, you know, That's they make right. it super hard, and you know, it's only in a few countries like in Europe so it's really hard to even get your hands on one of these and I think that's the biggest con against it is that if you can't you know for the average user can you buy it off Amazon can you buy it off Newegg can you buy it from Goody Reader store if you can't any any of those stores it might as well not exist because a lot Pretty of much. a lot of people aren't going to go out of their way to find listings on AliExpress or JD or uh what are the other stores in China? DHgate, DH Woot, uh, a VPN using uh, Taobao, and then putting in like a Chinese phone number. To, like no one knows how to do that. And even if you do, most of the time you need those local. Uh, you can't just use your like American Express from, you know, if you live in Tennessee, you have to have like a mainland Chinese bank account to shop on Taobao. You know what I mean? You can't just buy stuff you see. So that's why, yeah, it's it's really hard to attain that thing. And Another thing is that if you don't buy it through us, you don't get any support. So if you find an eBay listing of it, well, great. But if you need a warranty, if you need communication with the heads of the company, you're only going to get that through us. And that's not a sales pitch. That's true. If you buy it through us and there's something wrong within a year, we, we can warranty it for you because you can send it back to us. We can send it into them. But if you buy it off some guy on like some listing on, on Woot, that, that's it. It's a one and done purchase. So I have a little bit of remarkable news. Uh, they sent me yep. a press release that said, um, you know, since the remarkable one and two yeah, has been released from 2017 to present date, uh, they have sold over 1 million units and have generated over $1 billion in sales. Dude, they've sold over a million That's units and made over a billion dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. That's uh, uh, I'm I'm and I'm with the people on this. That's due to their advertising campaign. They went ape with their advertising campaign. They framed the narrative perfect. And I'm not against Remarkable. I think Remarkable's good. Are there other things better? <laughs> yes, there is. But Remarkable had probably the most polished uh, advertising campaign, the easiest checkout process, the most kind of user interaction compatibility this folio that folio this pen that pen it was a very awesome fun thing to do buy a remarkable 
It was great. It was really good. And it was hands down probably the best marketed item in the e-paper scope. I mean, like you said, look at Barnes & Noble hasn't even done anything on their YouTube in seven years. They Huawei, told they can't, you can't even they told one. me that they recently regained control of their YouTube channel like last week. Yeah. So they you know for, basically I mean, the last ten years the they haven't even had access to like their own <laughs> YouTube channel. Oh, we found the password on a little sticky note. Oh, oh it's uh, 09 uh, uh, at whatever dot com. Like yeah, no password sure, like, one two the... three four five ten. Yeah. Oh, there was an exclamation mark. Yeah. Like, dude, even the top three has trouble with marketing and like in company direction and revolving door of employees. Remarkable knew what they were doing. They had the best looking campaign, the best looking material so that it made you want to buy it. And it's true and it will always be true. And they'll go down as one of the best marketed e-paper products of all time. And everybody knows they're remarkable. You say King Jim Freno to anyone outside our office and they're like, what the hell is that? A gym? You mean like a, a gym? You say remarkable? Everyone knows it. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, everyone I mean, in our scope, everyone in any other electronic. It's scope. like they advertise on YouTube, Facebook, uh, like uh, TikTok, everywhere. Twitter. Everywhere. It's like I see remarkable ads everywhere. It's like. And all this stuff is like 8K footage, like, you know seven minute long things with like people by lakes drawing on it and, like they have like camera jib arms on like chase cars going by and it's like dude you can't just throw that together that's well done material yeah it's, it's like quality there you know you can buy a remarkable in over 40 different countries worldwide yeah uh they have like 300 employees now working with them i mean they have had like numerous investments of like hundreds of millions of dollars you know, every couple of years that they raise money and it's pretty well for marketing that that's pretty yeah, well what they spend true. their money on. But I mean, it's really nice to see that a company that's only been around since 2017, that's over that it's made over $1 billion on e-ink like technology. And they've only had two, two products to like the remarkable two. one and a remarkable two. And it's like, yep. you know, that just goes to show that their digital stationary is very important and that's something that they've realized very early on multiple pens like five different cases all the way from like a basic like case all the way to like a premium 120 dollar pure leather like case you know it's like there's there's a case for everybody you know um, and they found that perfect balance between having choices and options for their customers but not confusing them too much you go on their site there's two pens there's three cases, there's two categories of cases. Do you need an extra cable or some marker tips? No, okay, that's fine. Not shoving it down your throat. And then you just purchase it, it lands, that, that's it. It's such a good process to buy a Remarkable. Other companies are so difficult, like there's a million Kindle cases and a million Kobo cases and like all the Kindles get lost. There's the paperweight, fifth gen, sixth gen, seventh gen, eighth gen, ninth gen. And you're just like, what am I actually buying right now? Yeah. Whereas Remarkable is just like, Here's the remarkable. The first gen is discontinued. It's not on our site anymore. Here's that. Like, that's it. It's just so easy. And it's such a great process. And that's what brought them success, even having one of the most underperforming products since eNotes were invented. It's true. If you look at them, pit it up against any other manufacturer. I'm not choosing favorites. Remarkable will come and last in specs, usability, functionality, build quality, everything. It's out. It's outgunned. It's outmanned in every metric. 
but it does the best because it was the easiest process to get it in your hands. Didn't make it difficult. Oh, we're only selling through one guy in Germany. It's like, well, I'm never going to be able to buy that. So it might as well not exist. Whereas Remarkable, anyone can get it. And that's what helps. Yeah, and I mean, there are better products, but they're harder to get. Like the Fujitsu right. Quadrino, so good. But it's only available in Japan. The only way that you really can get it is through Goody Reader. And I mean, even, even us, One guy even us, world. we don't make a billion dollars in sales. You know what I mean? We, we do yeah. well, but it's like, we're not making a billion dollars like in sales. Not, and you know, Remarkable basically, you know, is it, it's available in more markets than almost any other e-note that's currently available. You know what I mean? It's like the, yeah. the like the Fujitsu, better than Remarkable, only available in Japan. They don't, you know, uh, they distribute through us, but I mean, you know, it's not like it's everywhere. Um, it isn't everywhere. You know, it isn't anywhere. <laughs> super note, you know, better drawing experience, better like advanced features, but, you know, they only officially sell it in Japan and China. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's remarkable is almost like the de facto device just because it's the easiest mm. to buy and it's available in the most countries for an e-note other than if you want to buy Kobo Ellipsa that's available in most markets but I mean even Kobo doesn't really hardcore advertise like the Ellipsa the way that Remarkable advertises the Remarkable so right um yeah I mean I don't mind the Remarkable I think that it does every, it's a it's a well-rounded device the only thing that it could use is a bookstore because it, it does have a book reader but it forces users to siloed in their own books and they, yeah. they they always said that they are exploring the idea of like a bookstore or their own bookstore like on that on there so you could like at least download books for free or something like that um right. that's the only thing i think that's really missing for it to be like an and all from in a one hardware a hardware perspective, I mean, you know, we can say specs in this all day long. No, you don't really need speakers. You don't need an SD card, but you need a front light. You need a glow light. That's it's not a that's not an opinion. That's a prescription. Every device in e-paper needs a front light. It can't exist anymore without a front light. That's why 90 plus percent of every manufacturer, every device on the market has a front light in some capacity because it just that's a make or break. We're in the uh, news world. We're in the you know the customer service world, and we're in the community world with all of our, our 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 shows and our our videos and everything. Front light is probably the most sought after feature when it comes to make or breaking people's decision. It's true. And if you can't use a device, where you're always hunting for light, and it's at night, you're like, oh geez, I got point my phone at it. That's not good. But a simple boop boop. Oh, it has a light. Done. It's so should be on the remarkable, but isn't. I'm surprised they did as good as they did without one. Seriously, I'm weird, really weird. So the last thing I wanted to talk about before we yeah. wrap the show up is mainly just like a discussion topic between you and me, chat and whoever else like wants to chime in. Do you use a screen protector on your e-reader or e-note? Ah. You know, some companies, you know, have a screen protector installed uh during like the the factory process like onyx books done that with a few products but for the most part screen protectors have always been sort of like an optional accessory i mean say pocketbook for example they don't even sell screen protectors for any of like their products like Supernote, yeah, they, they don't sell official screen protectors for their products uh fujitsu doesn't sell official screen protectors for their products sony doesn't i mean 
you know, even Kindle doesn't have official Kindle screen protectors. The only way that you could really get them is if you get them from like third parties. So screen protectors like aren't really like, they aren't really made by the manufacturer. They're often optional accessories. But the reason why I ask is, is twofold. Do people think that screen protectors like protect and help the screen? Or are they thinking about like more matte screen protectors that are better on e-readers that have a glass display? Because a, a matte screen protector helps diffuse light, whereas like a glass screen, just like you say, you have your iPhone outdoors or like a lot of times like lately, even my Fitbit, um, I'm looking at my Fitbit outdoors and I can't even read what's on the screen because like there's light yeah. reflecting off of it. Whereas if I had yeah. a matte screen protector, it helps diffuse like the light. I'd be able to see what's on the screen, but they don't make small matte screen protectors for the Apple watch that I have here or my Fitbit huh. watch. So yeah, like. I know a lot of people who are like, yo, I need a matte screen protector for like my, you know, a device that I'm always using outdoors because like, let's face it, sunken screen and bezel designs aren't, they aren't really being made anymore. It's all glass-based yeah, displays. So are people using screen protectors on glass-based displays or are they using matte screen protectors on glass-based like displays? Or do people even care about screen protectors? It's, it's- well, uh, the the poll right now is 77% saying no, they don't use a screen protector on their e-reader. And if you look at our teardown video, I go back to that because it's invaluable information. It's really useful, seriously. Um, every layer almost has its own little baked on from factory thing you can't slash shouldn't remove. So even if you have a sunken screen and bezel, that's not the e-paper panel. There's no way. The e-paper panel itself is on the very bottom with a gel layer stacked on top of it. Then there's another layer for the glow light. Then there's another layer for protection. And even if it's a sunken screen and bezel, you're not touching the screen ever. So screen protectors, I think, Mike, it would it would be what you said. It would be more in tune with people wanting a glare-free experience rather than protecting the screen. Because unless you're grabbing a pen and stabbing the screen on a plastic-based screen, making little dents, you're not going to make dents in glass. A and I think it's more to get away from the glossiness, I would say. Yeah, because like on my phone, I have a reflective screen protector, a glass one, and man, I can't see this outside. But the Hisense that has a factory matte screen protector you can see everywhere. So, yeah, I would say it's more in line with like, you know, screen style rather than a protection kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I I I probably am in a, in a, in a in the discussion of or like the thought of matte screen protectors being superior to like non like to just a regular screen protector, but at the same time it's like you look at so many devices that have like so many weird screen sizes, like it's true. 5.8, 5.4, 6 inch, 6 6.7, 6 6.8, 7 inches, 7 point like 8, like 8 inches, 8.9. Like it's yeah. just like there's so many different screen sizes by so many different manufacturers that are making e-ink devices. And it almost makes that like buying a matte screen protector 
it's just impossible because like vendors don't make them like for their own products because yeah. it's like right. you know kobo sells like what like six or seven devices they don't sell screen protectors for any of them amazon yeah. doesn't sell screen protectors matt or otherwise so it's like you know you have to find a third party that makes a matte screen protector for your specific model and like do you trust them I mean, Kevin was even saying, like, I don't get what he says. I don't get why some Chinese companies produce gloss screen protectors for Kindles and Kobos. It's so true. You can go on like eBay. It's like pack of three for one ninety seven, and they're just like glossy thing. Like you, you're 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 taking a step back, putting a gloss screen protector on an e-reader. There's no point in doing that. Yeah, absolutely. just leave it the way it is. Most people right now, it's at almost seventy percent saying they don't use screen protectors. So for the most part, yeah, uh, people don't. It's more of just a extra sales channel for most companies you know but they're not even taking advantage of it is, is my their own no you're right their own their, the the first party companies themselves don't take advantage of it and they don't upsell you on a screen protector you have to get them from third parties yeah, yeah. so um for me personally i don't use screen protectors on anything like I don't even use cases on anything like, like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's like my, my iPhone. It's like, I just, I don't have a case for it. Um, I don't use a case for like any of my e-readers or e-notes. I don't use like a case for anything. I yeah. just, you know, and that's a total new discussion. It's like, do you use cases on e-readers? So, you know, that's, a, <laughs> I think that's like a good article because like much like screen protectors, a lot of companies will make cases for like their first, you know, first party cases, like Amazon right. makes cases. Um, you know, even Kobo's made like a, a like not even just like a sleep cover case, but a power case for like the, the Sage, which is like the first time we've ever seen a case with a battery in it as an optional yep. accessory. Um, yep. So, you know, Everybody makes cases for their own products. Nobody makes screen protectors. So it's just interesting to see because, like, I personally don't use cases, but do some people do? You know, I think that yeah. that would make a good article and maybe a good discussion for uh, the Goody Reader live on the end of the month. You know, we can kind of talk about that, do some polls, see what the community thinks. And, um, yeah, we can do that. So um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap things up? Uh, no, we're good. Uh, we have a new series on YouTube. It's uh, Unboxing ePaper, where we take these weird kind of devices that we have laying around and we showcase them in a one-and-done video, and then we give it away at the end. So the first episode is up on YouTube right now, uh, giving away a weird flight tracker ePaper antenna thing that we received. Um, it's a good way to kind of just give back, uh, speed up the contest procedure, and um, you know, give the little lesser-known things like thermometers and things like that away. Uh, we're going to have more contests coming up. Uh, we haven't decided what we're going to give away next, maybe a Tolino or something like that. And, um, yeah, lots of coverage going to come up from uh, – we have smartwatches. We have the TCL tablet. We have uh, potential Onyx stuff coming out. Um, the Hisense High Reader uh, review is going to come out. The, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, in the right we're now. getting – are we getting the new Hisense smartphone? Uh, that doesn't come out till June 6th. Okay. It's not even a, a, a released yet. Hisense replied to us and said, uh, yeah, we'll send you a sample, but, um, we need, uh, you know, we need, we need the time to creep more towards when it actually gets released. So June 6th is its official release. So we might have it a little bit before then do a video, get everything ready. And then, um, yeah, we'll have some more Hisense stuff. So there's like iReader stuff that you're going to be doing too, isn't it? Oh, geez. Two iReaders are going to be sent over for review as well. Yeah. The, um, ocean three and the whatever whatever the smart reader four or something like that so uh 
Yeah, a lot of stuff. The Big Me Pocket Note we still need to do. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, so it's more so than ever. So nothing's slowing down. We're backlogged, in fact. We have the Gligo watch. It was a really cool watch that we have kicking around. Um, uh, a lot of stuff we need to do. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned to YouTube. Um, uh, YouTube.com slash Reader. Just cracked 117,000 subs. So that's very, very much appreciative of all you guys that, you know, uh, support our channel and everything. And, um, uh, yeah, we're killing it. And we'll continue to sn keep snapping necks and cashing checks. Okay, so... Just to give you guys a sense on where you can catch us. Um, so we do have our youtube.com slash goodyreader where you'll find uh, comprehensive unboxings, pro you know, e-reader reviews, uh, comparison videos. Uh, you know, well, Peter does his own weekly show where he takes a deeper hour-long look at a specific device where you can get a sense on uh, A to B and Z and everything in between. You can check out our website at goodyreader.com. That is our flagship like brand. We report exclusively pretty well on e-paper, e-readers, and e-note news, um, as yep. well as some miscellaneous things on publishing industry, commentary. We have about six writers right now that are on staff to publish stories uh, daily or weekly. So there's always a ton of content that is available for that. And we also have our own online store that you can visit at goodyreader.com slash blog slash shop. Uh, you can also click on that on the navigation bar and visit our store. We have a Shopify store as well, if that is your thing. And um, we also do shows on for uh, podcasts, so you can catch that on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, uh, audiobooks, and wherever else is your favorite like audiobook network. You can find uh, these shows that Peter and I do, as well as shows that I do by myself. So you can check that out. And thank